Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. Thank you for streaming this message. I believe this message will encourage you, it will inspire you, and it'll help you live the supernatural lifestyle of faith. We want you to live this supernatural lifestyle of faith, not have supernatural moments, but have it as a lifestyle. So we put all of this content out for you to receive so you can grow and live the life that Jesus made available for you. To find more information about our ministry and our resources, you can visit us at FCCGA.com or you can download our Faith Plus app. Our Faith Plus app has thousands of hours of faith building content and it's available in your app store right now. Open your heart. God's going to share something special to you through this message. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. The New King James says, Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? So notice what Paul told the church at Corinth. He said, Examine yourself. And then he said, Test yourself. He didn't say examine someone else, test someone else. He said, examine yourself. And then he uses another Greek word to say, test yourself. Now, what's one of the ways you examine or take a test? By answering questions. It's good for us to take time to pause, to reflect, and be be actually honest with ourselves and ask ourselves some questions. You know, one of the things I was talking to someone earlier today, and we're having a discussion about just different things and life decisions. I said, you know, what's sad is not just people who lie to others, which is bad, but there are some people who actually lie to themselves. We should be honest with others, but we also need to be honest with ourselves. And one of the ways we can be honest with ourselves is asking ourselves these questions will go tonight. And some of the questions are some tough questions you might need to answer and really examine yourself. But when you come up with the answer, you can come up with a game plan. So we see it says here, examine yourself and test yourself. Now go with me to Haggai chapter one, and we'll see an Old Testament example of this, of what the Lord said through the prophet. Haggai chapter one, verse five. Haggai chapter one, verse five. Look at verses five, six, and seven. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have so much and bring a little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Think about your ways. Ponder your ways. One way you think is what I'm doing, producing the life that I desire. Is how I'm living right now, producing the life I want. Because if A lot of people, you know, have this false hope that as soon as the new year strikes, everything's going to change and everything I've done before is suddenly going to work. Well, it'll work if you were doing the right thing. But if you take all the bad habits, the bad thinking, the bad choices into 2024, that's not going to magically change. This is not Cinderella where everything's going to change at midnight for you. You need to ask yourself some questions. And you need to make the choices that line up from the wisdom you receive as you take time to examine yourself, to test yourself, and to consider your ways. Go back with me to the New Testament, not this time, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28 from the New Living Translation. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28. And this is a familiar scripture to us because we always read it before communion. 
Notice it says, that is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. And so we know it's important to do this before we receive Holy Communion. And we've talked on why and we'll get into that tonight. But once again, we see the scriptures telling us to examine ourselves. Now go with me to Galatians chapter six, verse four. Galatians chapter six, verse four. Look at four and five. We'll read from the New Living Translation. Galatians chapter six, four and five. It says, pay careful attention to your own work. For then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. So we see we don't need to compare ourselves to others, but we need to pay careful attention to our own work, to what we do, to our own actions. We need to examine ourselves. It says elsewhere in Ephesians to live circumspectly, to pay attention to everything we do. And one of the things we can do that is by asking ourselves questions. There's even some forms of ancient literature. And you see a lot in the book of Ecclesiastes where questions are asked. You know, I was reading through the book of Ecclesiastes earlier this year. I don't know. I'll do, I don't know if I'm going to do a study on it in 2024 or not and teach on it. But I was sharing with a friend that I was reading through it. And in this, Solomon, with all his wisdom, had questions that he would ask these questions. And one of the ways to study some ancient literature, they asked these questions and that's the way they taught or they pondered. But there were some questions that Solomon asked in Ecclesiastes that at that time he did not have the answer. But for us as New Testament believers of the Holy Spirit, we have the answer. One of the questions Solomon asked was solved with the arrival of the Holy Spirit. You read in the earlier parts of the book of Ecclesiastes, how he said that they need a comforter. And what did Jesus provide us with? A comforter, the paraclete. This is the same way we look at the Greek translation, the Septuagint of that chapter. It's the same thing that Jesus promised. And so there's a, there is wisdom at asking ourselves questions and pondering over these questions and wrestling with these questions. Some of these answers are not automatic. Some of these answers are tough. Some of these answers are challenging. Some of these questions in of themselves are challenging. But we have to ponder on these things, think on these things, and allow the Holy Spirit to work deep within our heart to bring forth the answer and his plan if the answer is not a good answer. So I want to share with you tonight 12 different questions. 12 different questions. Once again, you find them in my notes. Number one, what do you want to accomplish in 2024? It's a simple one, starting with a simple one for you. What do you want to accomplish in 2024? And so that's easy. You're making all your goals. This is what I want to accomplish. But I want to challenge you with the second part of this question. Why? Why do you want to accomplish these goals in 2024? One of the things in November when I was teaching on how to get your prayers answered. I said, you want to make sure that you're praying because it's actually a desire of your heart that's, based, that's connected to the word of God and based on God's word, not just a desire to keep up with somebody else. So what do you want to accomplish in 2024 and why? Number two, I mentioned this in our newsletter and we do a day in addition to a daily podcast, we also have a daily newsletter. And so in this daily newsletter, if you haven't signed up, you can sign up for it. We ask you this question. Where are you struggling to trust God? Just be honest. Think about it. Is there an area of your life that you're struggling to trust God in? Is there an area of life that you're struggling to trust God in? 
Because sometimes we think, oh, no, there's no area in my life. And then something happens and you realize, ooh, I'm not fully trusting God in this area. So where are you struggling to trust God? What area are you struggling to trust God in? Take some time to wrestle with that. Now, one of the ways to deal with that answer is being very honest with God. Say, God, I'm struggling to trust you in this area. Be honest. It's not news to him. You're not shocking with him. So, God, I'm struggling here. He already knows you. At least be honest with the God who knows you. Be honest and say, God, I'm struggling in this area. I ask for your help. Help my unbelief. And then one of the things that you need to do is go to the word of God, where the word of God is clearly teaching on this area, and you go over those scriptures daily. And you don't just run them off and say, oh, this is my, I'm just running them out through them, just saying these confessions, not thinking about it. No, you say it every day. And he says, Holy Spirit, help me to grow in this area. Help me to build my faith in this area. And the more you say it and read it, more faith will come to your heart and you'll be able to conquer that area. But notice it's a process of growing in trust in those areas. Number three, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? You know, we as faith people say, oh, I'm not afraid of anything. No fear here. That's a good confession to make. But also sometimes we have to take sometimes and examine our heart. Is there fear on the inside? Where is fear making decisions in your life? Where is fear making decisions in your life? I shared a message earlier this summer. I believe it was if it wasn't June, it was July, part of our Summer Freedom series when I taught on fear and how sometimes fear will mask itself as wisdom and disguise itself and begin to pull the decisions. That the reason why you started making these decisions is because something happened to you 20, 30 years ago and that child version of yourself, that young version of yourself was afraid and you made this decision, well, I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life so I'm never in that position again. And so now that the feeling of the sensation of fright has left, fear is still calling the shots. So I'm not talking about what frightens you or what caused you to feel the sensation of fear. I'm talking about fear as an operating system. Where in your life is fear calling the shots? You have to think about that. You have to meditate on that. Number four, we talked about this a little bit on Christmas Eve. Where are you settling? Where in your life are you settling? There may be different reasons why you're settling. I didn't ask you why you're settling, but that's a good follow-up question for you to ponder and think on. But where are you settling in your life? Where are you settling? Number five, where have you given up in your life? You know, there's a very popular phrase in America this year called quiet quitting. And I was reading an article the other day that uh, people in China had their own version. They called it letting it rot. So where are you quiet quitting or letting it rot in your life? And I said, well, I'm there. I'm showing up, but I'm not giving my best effort. I quit. I've given up, but I'm there. I'm still getting stuff done. And so you may not know that I've really quite quit it or letting it rot. I'm just there. So whether it's an obvious area that you've completely given up in or an area that you're quiet quitting in, where is that? Why have you given up in that area? Why have you quiet quit in that area? So number five, where have you given up in your life? Number six, who have you not forgiven? Who have you not forgiven? Remember, we say it every day. We forgive everybody of everything. Who have you not forgiven? Now, sometimes time goes past and you don't realize you haven't forgiven someone. 
until you're reminded of the situation, you get mad all over again. And you know what you need to do? You remind yourself, you know, I forgave them. I let it go. Or something maybe brought to your attention, you realize, you know what? I never have forgiven that person. But I make the quality decision by faith now to forgive them. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It is a choice and is an act of faith. But staying in unforgiveness will keep you from moving to the future. It keeps you tied to your past. It keeps you from moving into your future and it will shut down your faith. So another question to ask yourself, who have you not forgiven? Number seven, fun one for you. What hurt or trauma have you not addressed? What hurt or trauma have you not addressed? Because some of us, because of how we're taught, our background, our culture, background, what was said to us, what was taught us, that, you know, you're taught you know, what happens in my house stays in my house and you just never address anything and you just stuff it deep, 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 deep down. You know, I told someone about this this year. I've said it to a few people more in counseling or personal conversations. I said, what a lot of people end up doing is when they encounter all this trash in their life, they, you know, it's like some of you did. For Chris, on Christmas when you have all the wrapping paper. You're stuffing all that wrapping paper in that trash bag. And you just keep stuffing and stuffing and you step on it and you step on it and you push more and more and trying to get everything into that bag. And a lot of people do with the trash in their life. They just keep cramming and cramming, stuffing it deep down in the heart, deep down in the heart, never dealing with it, never addressing it, never praying about it, never getting counseling about it, not going to a therapist about it, nothing. I'm not talking about taking steps to address it. I'm talking about ignoring it and just stuffing it deep, deep, deep down in your heart. The problem is one day all the trash that you've dumped in your heart will explode and come out. And the thing is, it doesn't get better with time. People say, you know, they er erroneously say time heals all wounds. No, it doesn't. Doing the right thing over time can bring healing. But doing the wrong thing or refusing to address it doesn't bring healing. It just lets the sore fester. And so now instead of being healed, you're infected. Remember what does the Bible tells in Hebrews that many are defiled because of the root of bitterness? If you don't heal, you just defile other people. And instead of fear being your wisdom, like we talked about in the other question, bitterness is your wisdom. And so you're spewing to file many people because of your own hurt. We know the old adage, hurting people hurt people. You must address your own hurt. You must address your own trauma. I'm not saying do it by yourself, but I'm saying do it in community. One of the reasons we have the Beyond Community is to do it that way. One of the things we're building with Beyond Community, some other things that will come in the future of this ministry is having counselors who are more we have a few counselors already connected with beyond community but even more to help people walk through things and to walk into the mental health and the spiritual health and the emotional health that god has for them but you're going to have to ask yourself these questions is there some stuff that i haven't healed from some things i need to let go some things i need to get out of me in my prayer time or sitting down with someone qualified to advise me and to counsel me you have to ask yourself those questions because if not Hurt and trauma will direct your life. And the thing is, you know, I've heard it said in more a graphic illustration is people end up bleeding on people who didn't cut them. We'll say it again. People end up bleeding on people who didn't cut them. And so everybody else is seeing your wounds and feeling the impact of your wounds, even though they're not the ones who wounded you. Let's keep going. Number eight. Where haven't you fully yielded to God? Number eight, where haven't you fully yielded to God? 
where have you fully yielded God? Ask yourself that question. Sometimes we don't want to admit it because we're faith people. But ask yourself, be honest. Say, you know what? I need to get better yielding in this area. You need to start saying stuff like, I trust, I obey, and I yield. Now, the thing is, you don't have to always understand to yield, but you make it your decision. I yield to the word of God. I yield to the Holy Spirit. I yield to what is what. I yield to the way of God. God's way is first. It is first in my life. It is primary in my life. It is weighty in my life. I yield to his way. And so what happens as you begin to think about where, where have I fully yielded to God? Then you take that before God. It's like, God, I'm sorry. I haven't fully yielded in this area. Help me yield. I put this before you and I ask for your help. We're not doing anything without the help of the Holy Ghost. We can't do anything without the help of the Holy Ghost. We need him. You're never going to get to a place in your Christianity or your spiritual growth where you don't need him. You won't. Because whatever it takes God to build, it takes him to sustain. And some errors sometimes people get into after they walk with God for a long time, they've built stuff. And so, okay, I'm good. I don't really need God's help anymore. No. Everything you built will come crashing down if God is not there to sustain it. Spiritual maturity is not marked by independence. In the natural, the, the more mature you get, the more independent you get. You can do stuff on your own. You don't need your parents to do stuff for you. You can do all the things that you know to do. That's the process of growth and maturity for our kids. But spiritual maturity is the exact opposite. When you're spiritually mature, you depend on him. It's John 15 through and through, all over again. As Jesus, without me, you can do nothing. Because whatever you build without him will eventually become nothing. You need his help, his wisdom, his life, his power, his grace, his anointing to infuse everything you do. Number nine, what are some habits and mentalities you need to leave in 2023? What are some habits and mentalities you need to leave in 2023? You know, I read this amazing book this year that I might do like a book study on, lead a group of people reading it called Atomic Habits. And I read it and it was really, really good. And talk about habit stacking and some other stuff I'll share later. But habits help dictate your life. You can have a great heart. You can have a lot of faith. But if you don't change those habits, your life won't change. So what are some habits you need to live in 2023? Once again, that's not Cinderella. You don't have a fairy godmother who at midnight, everything's going to change. You expecting your pumpkin to become a carriage, but if you don't leave some habits behind or some mentalities behind, you don't have to go into your future. So many people have a mentality of lack and it doesn't mean they broke. They may have a lot of money, but the way they act, they act like they're never getting anything again. So they're making decisions out of fear, fear of not having enough. So there's some mentalities that you've already known from spending time in the word and growing what you do and growing in the natural, spiritually, professionally, that there's some mentalities you got to leave behind. You got to leave it behind and you have to renew your mind. You have to renovate your mind. So you have to clear out the old. That's what the script tells us to renovate our mind according to the word of God. You have to clear out the old and then you have to build the new. You have to take the high ground in your mindset and build a new mentality. And that takes time. You have to consistently practice Philippians 4, 8, 
Think, you know, what is good, lovely, of good report, things of virtue, things are praiseworthy. You have to tell yourself what to think. You have to tell yourself, that's not my thought. I'm not thinking on it. This is what I'm thinking on. And continually fill your ears and your eyes with the mentality you want to build. So number nine, what are some habits and mentalities you need to leave in 2023? Number 10, and we'll get into this, I believe, on Sunday morning. Are there unfulfilled vows in your life? Are there unfulfilled vows in your life? V-O-W-S. Are there unfulfilled vows in your life? And I'll share more about this, I believe, on Sunday morning. And because some people, you know, we don't talk much about vows, but people are making vows all the time. And unfulfilled vows can get in the way of the life you're supposed to have. So number 10, a question consider. We'll talk more about this on Sunday morning. Are there unfulfilled vows in your life? Number 11, let's ask some encouraging questions because some of you are like, whoo, those questions, Pastor, those first 10 are something else. Number 11, what good things are you expecting to happen in your life in 2024? What good things are you expecting to happen in your life in 2024? You know, one of the things I do, you know, one of the things I encourage you, something good is going to happen to you today. I expect miracles. I encourage you to say it. I say it myself. But there are times when I'm saying in my heart, I'm challenged, well, what good are you expecting today? Not just general good, but let's be specific. What good are you expecting to happen? I challenge you that when you're saying it daily, expect something good or some area or at least an area of your life to experience a miracle. What miracles are you expecting? What good things are you expecting? Be specific. What good things are you expecting to happen in your life in 2024? Number 12, where are you dreaming and believing small? Where are you dreaming and believing small? Where are you making little plans? Where can you enlarge your thinking and vision? Where are you dreaming and believing small? Where can you enlarge your thinking and vision? Where are you making little plans? Or as we shared earlier on the Faith in the Morning podcast, where are you limiting God? You can limit God through your unbelief and disobedience. The scripture clearly teaches that. Number 12, where are you dreaming and believing small? Where can you enlarge your thinking and vision? Where are you making little plans? It's time to dream big. It's time to believe big. It's time to enlarge our thinking and our vision. Where are you thinking and believing small? Where can you enlarge your thinking and your vision? You know, I think I'll close with this because well, we're kind of running close to time. That I remember reading a, a, a story about when Dr. David Yonggi Cho visited America and they took him to Disneyland. Now, Dr. David Yonggi Cho, if you don't know, he, up until probably the last 10, 15 years, he pastored the largest church in the world a church of somewhere around 750,000 to 1 million people, the largest church in the world. And then I believe it was his younger brother who pastored a church of about 400,000 people. And they had other pastors who pastored other places. It's in Seoul, Korea. Now, the pastor of the largest church in the world, and he wrote a book, a tremendous book you should read, um, uh, called The Fourth Dimension. You can find it. It's a book on prayer. And it's a book I encourage you to read. And he wrote a book on that. But also, not only did he pastor the largest church in the world, 
that, you know, they even bought a mountain. Who knows? Like most people, like their mountains are for sale, but they bought a mountain so the church can have a place to pray. So you can imagine all the supernatural things they accomplished because, yes, they built the largest church in the world, but all he started with was a bicycle in a used U.S. Army tent. That's where he started. But God used him to do tremendous things. And so you think about that man. That man is a dreamer. That man thinks big. He came to the U.S. and they took him to Disneyland. And before he could even walk in, he began to weep. And to paraphrase what he was weeping about, he's like, this man built all of this. And he was comparing to what the people of God built. Now, this man with a mouse could build all this. And yet we struggle to get the people of God to build and dream big and create big things. Where are you thinking small? Where are you dreaming small? Where can you enlarge your thinking and your vision? Sometimes we dream and believe small because of what we've seen and what we were taught erroneously. And sometimes in order to dream big and think big and execute big, we have to leave some things behind. Doesn't mean people did it out of mean spiritedness. Maybe some people did teach it out of bad motive. But sometimes there's some things you have to leave behind. We don't knock it. We thank God how he used it as a bridge to get us over, to get us to where we are. But some things we have to leave behind if we can go into the future God has for us. So the last question, where are you dreaming and believing small? Where can you enlarge your thinking and vision? Where are you making little plans? So these 12 questions I want you to wrestle with. I want you to ponder. I want you to answer these questions and present your answers before the Lord. And say, Lord, this is where I am. This is not where I'm going to stay, but this is where I am today. And I ask for your help. These will help you set goals for 2024. Goals that together as a faith family on Sunday, we're going to release our faith. And we're going to see miraculous things. One of the Lord has been talking to us since November about doors have opened. And I've talked to a number of you and you guys have been sharing with me about doors have opened. This week, just taking time to rest, other doors have just opened for me. This thing's just, just opening like, whoa. Did I go? Doors I even knock on. Doors I didn't even think about praying about. But God promised he's opening doors. And I know he's going to keep doing it. Not just for me. He's going to keep doing it for you. But you have to get ready to walk through those doors. So answer these questions. Set these goals. Because one of the things, if you don't realize it already, some of you have already realized it, but oh, I'm about to get after you for 2024. It's time to dream big. It's time to go big. We have work to do. Jesus is coming again. Do we know when? No. But every day we get closer to his return. And as those who occupy till he returns, we have work to do. And it's not time to think small, to hide away and believe small. It's time to take what God has put in our hearts and go forward so we can be the light of this world. Because one of the things as you ask these 12 questions, one of the things we taught, I believe it was in October, was there's some different things in our perception. And our perception or our sight affects directly affects our ability to be light and so as you ask these 12 questions you're going to remove some stuff from your spiritual sight 
part of that process of the Ephesians 1 prayer. You'll be removing some things from your mentality, your perception, and your sight. And as you remove these things, you're able to be a brighter and brighter light. Thank you for streaming this message. I believe it encourages you and is going to help you make Jesus famous in your everyday life. We would love to be stay connected with you. So subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our YouTube channel, download our Faith Plus app, and visit us at FCCGA.com to learn more about our ministry. If you would like to support our ministry financially, you can also do so by our website at FCCGA.com or by texting FCCGA to 73256. If you would like to submit a prayer request, you can do so at our website as well. We would love to agree with you in faith, and we know you'll receive an answer according to the Word of God. Once again, thank you for streaming this message. And remember, God has a great plan for your life and something good is going to happen to you today. So expect miracles. God bless.